Morena, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast that goes out with my email newsletter via the Kaka, which is a substack. I tend to look at housing affordability, climate change inaction, and child poverty reduction uh, through the lens of covering the political economy here and understanding what's happening in geopolitics and the global economy. So today I wanted to have a look at what's happening in council chambers up and down the land because it is potentially uh, heralding some big political shifts that will frustrate efforts to solve many of our housing affordability and climate change issues. Step back a bit. We have council elections uh, happening in the next couple of months. In fact, the voting papers go out today. And we've seen so far in the various debates and in the candidates that have put themselves forward a reaction against the government's attempts to force councils to densify uh, their uh, cities, to allow a lot more building of medium density, townhouse, small apartment blocks close to the centre of town, which is what's needed to not only dramatically increase housing supply, but do it in a way that creates warm, dry and climate friendly homes that are close to work and play in school and allow people to cycle and walk to work. Hopefully on roads that have been converted to cycleways and pathways. But we are seeing a reaction back against that. The Christchurch Council this week voted against the government's densification law, which is described as the NPSUD, the National Policy Statement Urban Development, and also there is the uh, uh, subsequent bipartisan uh, deal that National Labour did to force councils to allow three-storey, three-townhouse per section developments. So Christchurch's council voted this week to essentially say, no, we're just not going to do it, even though it's been legislated. And today, the outgoing mayor of Christchurch, Leanne Dalziel, said it was possible that the government could appoint commissioners, essentially remove the council, to ensure that the densification happens. And this isn't the first time this has happened with a major council. Um, Auckland Council has actually uh, taken a, a less obviously um, antagonistic approach, but in a way has achieved the same thing. But because in its unitary plan response to the densification order, it has carved out a good chunk of the isthmus of Auckland, which is where the development needs to happen, by using uh, character overlay uh, um, restrictions, which essentially mean that all of the villas in the likes of Ponsonby, Grayland, Mount Eden, Parnell, Remuera are not allowed to be developed into these uh, three townhouse developments. And they've also blocked out uh, from development uh, a lot of the routes for the main train lines, in particular the CBD to Mungary train line and around train stations because they argue we're not sure yet what's going to happen with that uh, CBD to Mungary development. The end result is that the densification the government wants to see in Auckland is not going to happen 
with the current unitary plan maps that have been put forward by the Auckland Council. So in effect, um, many of the councils up and down the country are staging passive-aggressive protests against this order from the government. And you could argue it's a type of quiet quitting by local government against the orders from the central government on densification. But it doesn't stop there, of course, because the government is also trying to force through three waters over the top of the complaints of many councils, some of whom are concerned that they're going to lose out in the reshuffle of assets and debt that happens with the creation of four new water authorities. And then, of course, there's an awful lot of people very upset with the idea of co-governance uh, embedded in the three waters governance structure in a very vague way, I have to say. But it is uh, really causing a lot of uh, uh, angst and backlash. And then the third thing that people are, are concerned about is the push for uh, walkable streets that the government is, uh, is trying to do through Waka Kotahi and its relationships with councils. The idea, of course, is converting uh, parks and roads to cycleways and walkways to uh, mode shift to get people out of their cars and into walking and cycling because, of course, we need to reduce our transport emissions. So um, the basic problem here is that there is a broken relationship at the heart of our political economy between central government, which refuses to share revenues with local government, i.e. lots of councils, and wants councils to open up land supply, both greenfields and brownfields, for housing developments. The councils come back and say, well, we can't afford the infrastructure for all of this, and you keep forcing all these extra people on us by loosening migration settings, and we actually have to pay the cost for a good chunk of this infrastructure, and also, we're not allowed to take on much more debt, in part because of the rules that the central government sets. So we have a big standoff here between central government, which won't fund the infrastructure, local government, which won't fund the infrastructure. And so the infrastructure uh, has not been built, built over the last 30 years and doesn't look like it will be built at the speed and scale needed to solve our climate and housing affordability problems. What's actually needed is for central and local government to come together and have a settlement about funding the growth and also essentially a debate and a decision about how much growth we want. This harks back to the idea of a population plan and the Productivity Commission's uh, proposal for a national policy statement on population that both sides of politics can agree to. Because without that certainty about how fast your population is going to grow, it's very difficult for councils, let alone the central government, to plan the infrastructure spending ahead of the arrival of all the people. And the tension between central and local government is at the point now where you have these sorts of passive-aggressive protests going on and the effectively the uh, blockage of the government's whole plan to re-engineer our cities to improve housing affordability and reduce climate emissions. Until that relationship is fixed, until there is a settlement about sharing the benefits of economic growth, potentially through uh, GST increases, uh, sorry, uh, through the GST 
being returned in part to councils or the proposal uh, that I've put forward and others have uh, looked at or TOP has proposed, which is for residential land tax. These are issues that are going to continue to crop up and block efforts to uh, uh, achieve housing affordability and climate change in action. At climate change action and of course you don't fix child poverty without solving the housing affordability and health issues associated with the way that our cities are designed at the moment. I'm Bernard Hickey, that was a dawn chorus for Friday the 16th of September. I look forward to seeing and hearing paying subscribers in the Ask Me Anything at midday today for an hour. You should get an invite for that shortly before midday and the weekly Hoon webinar, which Peter Bale and myself host. That's on for an hour from five o'clock this afternoon and we hope to have Robert Patman on again and we have had confirmed Jared Kerr, the Kiwi Bank Chief Economist, to talk about the week's events in geopolitics, the global economy and the local economy. Ka kite anō.